reading fiction versus nonfiction. Reading fiction versus nonfiction is the topic. That's the topic. Okay. So <laughs> is the idea of actual, let's take this, break this down by what we mean by reading fiction versus nonfiction. Do you mean, is there a different approach to reading fiction versus nonfiction? Is there a different quality about, uh, I kind of think all of those are on our fair game. I'm imagining, um, tell me about your qualitative experience, the difference between how you feel about reading fiction uh, versus how you feel about reading non. So for example, some people say I exclusively read one or the other, yeah. or I, I only really like to read, you know, one of them and the other one I tolerate. Um, and some people have a balance. Yeah. So that's, I, that's kind of what I'm getting gotcha. at. Gotcha. Okay. So I think I have, uh, a balance, but I would say I am probably more, uh, more pr like the amount of uh, content that I consume is probably the, the amount of uh, textual content that I mm -hmm. consume is probably far higher quantity of nonfiction. Well, I, so are we, are so we are but, like I read I'm, I, a okay. lot of news, books. a lot of okay books. books. Or we're just saying books. Let's 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 constrain it to books because I agree with you. If you're talking about like what you read on the internet, a lot of that's you know and, news and, new, and, news or newsish type stuff. That's in magazines all and yeah, other right. things, which it's called internet as well because it's all it's digital all, that right. I'm usually reading. It's all it's all through your phone. Yeah. Uh, but what I'm talking about is books, nonfiction books, fiction books. Yep. So. Um, then I'm actually probably evenly, uh, evenly split. Really? Yeah. What kind of fiction do you read? Because uh, I know what kind of nonfiction, or at least I know what kind of nonfiction is on your um, shelf. You know what kind of nonfiction is on my shelf at the office, yeah. which is a particular subgenre. How much of that is um, window dressing versus books that just or are organically there? Uh, well, it's they're all mostly organically there. They've come in an organic way. It's not yeah, like, yeah. okay. I, I, have, I haven't, I didn't go out and like purchase books to display in my office. Okay, sure. Right. But but that's an extreme version of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like the uh, the leather bound, uh, uh, you know, fake leather bound uh, I remember books, reading you know? once about an interior designer who was sent out to find books of a particular color. She's looking for, you know, books that had a blue spine, basically, uh -huh. like independent of anything about them. Uh, it was, it was, purely a decorative element, uh, which is a pretty extreme way of looking at books. It's funny, you know, when they have, uh, when they do TV news interviews mm -hmm. and they do remote interviews with somebody, uh, you know, so they have somebody uh, joining us from, you know, whatever office or from another city or something like that. And they, right. they'll have the fake backdrop that they're, you know, it's a, a fake den or a fake and they always have like the like the, a the shelf full shelf. of uh, leather bound books yeah okay yeah. And, and oftentimes those are fake yeah okay yeah. yeah um yeah i remember once i went to uh the set of i grew up in the washington dc suburbs and for career day one day in like freshman year of high school i went to our local nbc4 mm -hmm. tv station and i uh uh, like kind of shadowed an anchor like of the afternoon show, not even the evening show, the afternoon show. Right. And, uh, but at that same NBC, the local WRC station where the local news was produced was also the same building that produced Meet the Press. And oh, really? I think a couple other, and it was also the Washington Bureau of NBC News, right? So oh, like okay. Andrea Mitchell would re report from there and Chuck Todd reports from there. And That's the, amazing. Um, but Meet the Press was there. And so this was when it was still uh, Tim Russert. Uh -huh. you know, if it's Sunday, it's Meet the Press, um, and I got a tour of the Meet the Press studio. Oh. And it was, this, this was just a ran, random weekday, so it was dark and all that. And the set 
it was, I was like, oh, this is a set. I was yeah. like, this is amazing. This is the yeah. thing I, I see on TV on Sundays, and now I'm seeing it in person. I'm like, it looked, like, less nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always, I, I've, every set I've ever seen seems smaller. Oh, seems, yeah. Seems small. Oh, randomly, because I was really into TV news, I had another career day in uh, in high school, maybe junior high, high school, where, uh, like, my brother's, my older brother's friend was a junior producer at the local Fox uh, news station. Okay. And that local WTTG in Washington, D.C. also housed America's Most Wanted. Oh, that, really? The, the, the show, I'm not sure if it's still on. I have no idea. The guy who has the last name Walsh. I forget his first name. It's my name, though. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Is, uh, it Brian? I remember, Is it Brian Walsh? No, it's like Is it Brian Joe J. Walsh? Walsh. I think it's like Joe Walsh okay. or something like that. Uh, but I went to the set of like the little tiny closet where they filmed really? America's Most Humble. And I remember taking photos of it for my school project. Right. And, and it it was cool to see this place where it's filmed. But I'm like, but it's also disheartening. Oh, you know, yeah. Is, it's uh, disillusioning a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember the set of the local TV broadcast. It was like, uh, this is a little bit janky. Anyways, Meet the Press had fake books on the set. Oh, really? Yeah. How fake? Like... like it, like the, I, I don't. I mean, I wasn't allowed to touch them, but they, they were not real. It, it, was it a book, real bookshelf? I mean, it, it, no, it, real in the sense it wasn't digitally projected, but that's about the only way it was real. It, it was. It like, wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like a printout of a backdrop. Not it, that it I, was a physical thing. No, it was a three-dimensional thing. Yeah, we're, we're, my my memory on this is very hazy. Right. Um, but so it was. But 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 my 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 image of it is. Uh, you could touch the bookshelf. It wasn't just a print printed image of it. It was three dimensional. But if you picked up a book, you'd pick up ten books at once, right. and it'd okay. be one fake, right? You know, plastic books, even. You know, it, they right. weren't. It was a book facade. Yeah, yeah. On top of maybe a real shelf. Right. So, so I feel like that's a look. That oh, it's a yeah, it's a, it's it's a very this, classic this academic look. study. This sort of like you know home library. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, it's like the study den. Yeah, and it gives look. it gives the image the of. Like you expect there to be a globe in the corner? Yes. Well, and there a, was a globe and a, in the and corner. a wingback yeah. chair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the uh, that's the look they're going for. And I feel like a lot of like law firms go for this. A lot of, of course, it's dark wood. But when they do a lot of TV, I think they do a lot of and a lot of the remote where somebody's sitting in a studio somewhere mm-hmm. randomly. They'll if it's a politician, you know, calling into the Sunday show or calling into the local newscast, they'll have a fake backdrop of. And I feel like, yeah, it's just a it's a it's a trope. It's a TV trope. Okay. So yes. I'm well aware of this trope. Uh, and my, my, my bookshelf at the office is not that at all. Cause okay. those are all, they're not fake books. Those, those are books that showed up in some other way. They're, they're books that I have purchased or have been given to me. Right. Um, with the intent to read them. With the intent to read them. And I have, um, read more than you would think, more, more uh-huh. than you would think. Um, but How, you don't know how many I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, I have a pretty good idea of what you think. That, well, to be fair. I, I would kind of assume that you've acquired, like, and I mean this mostly as a reflection on myself, like, you've acquired a lot of them and just haven't got around to reading them because, yep. you know, whatever. Or, or I've read, or I've, I've definitely have opened them all up, skimmed through. <laughs> um, How do you um, check? And, if you, and I would say that I had, the, I had and maybe still have the intention of reading many of them. Okay. Not all of them. Is the rate at which you acquire books faster than the rate at which you consume the ones on your... One hundred percent. All right. So you know how the math works on that. Uh, well, I, you know, there is this, this, I do have this romantic notion that one day. Uh-huh. No, I, tell me, tell me about this romantic yeah. notion. No, this, I have a romantic notion that one day I will go to prison. Okay. <laughs> and I won't have any emails to check. I mean, 
and I and I won't have access to the internet on a regular basis. Right. But I will have access to books. Right. I think that's part of the the deal. Is so like, romantic. So romantic. And like so that's when I will get through my my in prison. In prison is my my long list of uh, of books. So how do you judge a book? By Don't its cover. say by its cover. <laughs> The look of pain on your face. <laughs> what is what are your go-to methods to uh, assess a book? <laughs> whether or not you want to read it, whether to keep it, whether to buy it. Well, I, I guess it's it's who recommended it. Um, Separate from that, I mean the uh, book itself. You've, you're holding the, the object. Oh, so I've already acquired the book. So uh, I've already or, made, may, or maybe or, you're in the bookstore holding it, deciding whether to acquire it. But the idea is like, you know, do I like this book? Do I think I'm going to like reading it? Right. Yeah. Just what do you do with the physical book itself to tell? You know, do you do it based on the blurb? Do you do it? Do you read the first chapter? I certainly do, you, do the blurb. Do I s- definitely read like the first page, but then I'll flip to chapter titles and then I'll hmm. read. Um, I generally beyond re- the first chapter, I do like to read the first page of a couple chapters. Um, okay. And just the first page or even the first paragraph of a couple chapters. And then I like to pick up somewhere randomly in the middle and just start picking up from a paragraph to see where is this going? Right. You know, and I, so I once read about, they call it the page 69 test. The idea being that page sixty nine, <laughs> I know, is my my, uh, my adolescent yep. uh, brain is is mm-hmm. uh, is is giggling at the the word um, uh, uh, test because <laughs> as an adolescent, because <laughs> yeah, test was a uh, you know a, a kinky word for for me as an adolescent. But go, go on to the page te- te- a very common word one would have in school test test. So every time the teacher was like uh, this Friday, yeah, make sure you study. We're gonna have a test. Yeah, I would start giggling. Is that a real thing? No, of course not. <laughs> That's insane. No, the page 69 test. The page 69 test is the hypothesis is that page 69 <laughs> is representative of the book as a whole. So if you read page, whatever you think after reading page 69, the, re, the, the idea is like 69 pages in, it's too, you can't, um, authors will commonly make the first, you know, first few pages, the first chapter really engaging. But 69 pages in, you can't just be doing like intro level engaging, right? You got to get into the meat of whatever it why is that you're talking about. Why not 67? It why could, not 68? So it, it's an arbitrary number. I don't remember where I got this but from. 69 is a evocative number. 69 is an reasons. easy to remember number. Okay, fair. And uh, it's always a right hand page because it's an it's an odd, it's an odd page. Huh, and so, so I, anyway, I've, I've used that as my go-to method for uh, assessing books. And so you flip to page 69, you read, read page 69 and decide, and, and you will, I have found it to be surprisingly... Uh, Effective hmm. in that you read the page. So the 69 test is effective that's at deciding whether you want to keep going. To keep going. So back to books, nonfiction, fiction. Yeah. Um, I do have a lot of books in my office. That's right. That, that it's actually even just referencing them and, and looking at them. And, and, re, and, and I do f- pick up different versions of them. Uh, or different ones of them from time to time and flip through. And it does bring me back about the the, 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 the overall uh, themes in which I am interested in and, and studying and working on and engaging on. Um, so they are a useful tool for me. I don't intend them to be... My primary intent of having the books is not to be a signal for visitors to my office. That Which it, 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 it happens. It is, to, it it is, is a signal. A, I know it's a right. signal to... to and, that, and that's not a bad effect. But right. you're saying that is not the that is not the um, the design goal. Yeah, I, of having I, those I, there. Have, I have the books for me, not for you. Right, right. Okay, there's uh, a certain authentic- authenticity there. Yeah, and and again, because they're not also necessarily uh, name brand books, or right. they they also don't have a look. They all to them. They all have the word impact in them. Mm, <laughs> no, <laughs> let's not. <laughs> 
anyway, so those are the books at, at my office. Now, the, my books at home. Ah. Um, that I, how many are yours and how many are Tim's? Uh, or are, they, are they commingled? Do you, do you have shared books or do you have like my books over here and Tim's books over there? Uh, so neat, you know, So we have our books are commingled. I don't want to say they're shared books. Shared books implied like they're both like we have shared clothes, <laughs> but we don't have shared books. But that That's a topic. Yeah. Uh, so the... The, so we, we got a new, we moved about a year and a half ago, uh, and uh, Tim made me get rid of a lot of books. Do you think that was a good idea? Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I do feel mildly sad about getting rid of the books, but not completely sad. They're available on Amazon. They're available on Amazon. They're available on the cloud. They're available, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Um, they're, uh, <laughs> so the, the way we, we organize the books now is not Tim's books or my books, and I would say... The vast majority are my books. The vast, vast majority and in, in his are more like acupuncture books. Sure. Like some of his sex books. But the way I organize them in a new bookshelf. What did I say? Sex books? Acupuncture books. Textbooks. Acupuncture textbooks. I thought you said acupuncture and sex books. And I was like, you're just going to breeze right past that? It's like, yeah. oh yeah, you know, that's the acupuncture and sex uh, wing. Yeah, yeah. well, you know how those books are good. You turn to page 69. <laughs> that's, that's how you assess <laughs> yeah, that. That's how you assess it. Um, no, so our, our books are commingled. And and we went from a, and now we have a new book case and it's in our living room. I don't think you've seen it. I don't think you've been over since we put this up. And the way we organize these books is by color. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? Yeah. And so uh, it's, it's... How's that working out for you? It's great. <laughs> really? It's, actually, it's, it's a nice it's If it's you know nice what you're aesthetic. looking for, that's very effective. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So we have a, an orange and red shelf. It's we have effectively a, blue and green a random shelf. Assort, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, organization of the books. Yeah, yeah, and it's great. It works out. It works and then out. I have, but now I have my own overflow personal bookshelf uh, next to my uh, next to my part of the is bed. It, is it a bookshelf or is it just a pile? No, it's a bookshelf. It's a real bookshelf. It's a, yeah. Okay. Um, so I've gotten into. Uh, I've been trying to do some, you know, life improvements. I always, work, I'm a work in progress. I like to think of myself as a work in progress. Whereas I'm a finished finished product. I'm mm. I'm as good as I'm going to get. This is this. That is may be true. This is, I'm not so sure. I'm not even trying to get better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that might be true, but I'm not sure if you're a finished product. Keep going. Okay. Um, and one of the things I've been trying to do with intention over the past, let's say, year is read more and mm. with and not just order the books. <laughs> and, and, and have the books, but actually yeah. get through you the books. use them to uncurl wallpaper or whatever. Right, right. Um, and uh, <laughs> you know, what's that expression? You know, your stomach is bigger than uh, your eyes. Like when you take too much food. A bird in the hand. No. When you take too much food, you say, oh, your stomach, your eyes were bigger than your stomach? Or is it your stomach is bigger than your eyes? You're too... When you take too much food, but you don't eat it, you're not that hungry. You think you're hungry, but you're not. Uh, when you boil a frog. Stop it. So... Whatever that expression is, I always want to keep on acquiring more books. I'm always interested in reading more books, more right. books than I can get through. I think we've clearly established that point. But so I have a new pattern, okay? This, uh, and that's, I wake up a little bit earlier than I used to, and I uh, get a cup of coffee, and I start reading, mm. and I set aside a specific period of time, and that's when I read my nonfiction books, is in, in the, the mornings. mornings. And I'm hmm. just, and, and I'm plowing through, and I'm really enjoying it. Um, and so much so that there are even times when I'm like, Ooh, I have to stop and get to work. Ah, uh, you're into it. And I'm into it. That's a good yeah. sign. Yeah. Um, and then I always have a novel that I'm in the midst of as well. Hmm. Um, what are you in the midst of right now? Uh, I, that's not, I don't want to get a specific. You don't want a novel drop? I don't want a novel drop. Uh, what, what, fine. What's one you read recently? 
Uh, in the past year. I mean, are you trying to call me out for not reading? Not even. I don't, I'm just I don't curious. Want to spe- I'm literally just no, curious. This is, the, we're, I mean, this, let's just be meta for a moment. This podcast is supposed to be a little bit more timeless. I don't know if I want to... Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to put a news hook in about... Tell like, me one novel you have ever read. Uh, does, uh, does my, like, 10th grade uh, science textbook Jesus count? Jesus Christ. No. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so no a book I'm reading right now is called uh, The Great Believers it's actually a beautiful beautiful novel um, just published I, I saw it. a friend of mine recommended it on Instagram I believe of huh. all places and uh, had a really glowing review and this is somebody who I've actually taken uh, book recommendations from before and mm. have, have uh, at, not via social media but he's told me books sure. that he's reading and like I'm like oh I, I end up reading I, those I like them anyway so Great Believers it's a great book uh, and it's actually a really interesting. Uh, it takes place in 1985, 1986, Chicago, mm-hmm. and then 2015, Paris. Hmm. Um, and uh, without getting too much of the plot, but the uh, a lot of the characters in 1985, 86, Chicago are uh, gay men uh, living and dying with AIDS. And hmm. this is at the very like not the early early days but in the midst in the height of right. the AIDS epidemic and they are you know it's a it's a network of uh, and a community of gay friends mm-hmm. uh, that are not unlike the age maybe a little bit younger than me and my peers are now mm-hmm. my peers and I are now right. um, but uh, uh, it's a it's an exploration of, of a time that I hadn't uh, been exposed to in quite that same way where hmm. I'm deeply familiar with the characters. I'm deeply empathetic towards the characters. Uh, and I can relate to the characters as people who could be me or could be my friends. Right. And their char- the characters are dying. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah. that's not it's even a the, really, it's a bad situation. And that's not even the plot of the novel necessarily. It's, the it's background. like, it's just like kind of the, it's just the circumstances in which right. the, the, the story is, is, uh, unfurling. And so it's more so than most, probably any other work of fiction or wait for it, nonfiction, um, that I've, uh, experienced about the AIDS crisis. It's, it's very visceral to me. And I, ah, interesting. I, I found it's, it's caused all the feelings for me oh. in a way that interesting. Uh, few other works of fiction or nonfiction have. Because it just, it's well-written and their characters you connect with. It's well-written and it's characters I connect with. Um, and it's, it's, it makes me empathetic right. and sympathetic to, you can picture yourself in that scenario. Yeah. In a yeah. way that you know, when I you read a textbook, I was, it's it's dry. Yeah, or uh, see documentaries and they're sad and it's, right. You know, or uh, but also if you see a documentary, you know, they're dressed differently or they're things that that don't you know you don't put yourself in that scenario the same way you might when you're reading a novel. You can kind of picture yourself in there. Yeah, exactly, because it's your own. Your you're making yeah, right, right. you're making all the pictures up in your head. Um, and it's also not a. Uh, it's uh, I mean, I've seen plays about the age crisis and things like that, but it's not you know plays are a little bit more difficult because it's a little bit it's it's so visceral it's in a way that's almost it's kind of a melodrama yeah exactly it's it's heightened it's a you know it's a play it's It's a play there's a um and then even movie like i remember when i saw philadelphia with tom hanks Mm -hmm. i was a kid right right? um you don't have the same perception you're gonna have yeah and it was i think that was i was aware of what i was watching was a movie you know it was sad Mm, and i felt something whereas a novel feels more real somehow more real more intimate because these are people who they're in your head and you're in their head right well you're in their head, and that makes you, that makes them right. You're, you're sort of in um, their head, right? You're, it's like you're you're uh, you're doing that thing where you're 
it's like you're in, in their brain looking out their eyes. Yeah. And you're kind of walking around like you're, you're puppeting them a little bit. Yeah, and you can understand why they take actions they do, why they feel the way they do. Right. Because it's, it's written. And that's what I think is so powerful about great literature and great fiction is that it, it allows us to be empathetic to other people's experiences, especially, um, I mean, I think the best fiction um, gets us to understand people who we wouldn't never have come across. Now, I, the, the, the story I'm telling you uh, I'm referring to now is about people who I personally relate to. Right. But I think the best fiction that I love is people who I wouldn't relate to, like that on a, You wouldn't necessarily relate to. Right. They, they, who the protagonists are nothing like me, uh-huh. but... You don't like, share demographics in common, but you can connect. I can connect to their their plight and their, the, you know, this, this idea of the, the, what they're experiencing, uh, what they're experiencing. And, and, you know, it's, it's getting you to a, uh, a deeper truth about the human condition in a way. And so that's, that's something that fiction can do in a way that nonfiction can't do. Oh, that's interesting. Cause nonfiction can tell stories. Well, so what's the difference between a story that a nonfiction, that a book, uh, sometimes some books of nonfiction mm-hmm. are, you know, narratively driven. They have stories. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's one story, um, I'm thinking of like uh, Michael Lewis mm-hmm. is a well-known writer of nonfiction. Uh, he's a good writer and a compelling writer, and he writes these these narrative books that almost that have a um, a lot of story, a lot of plot in them. But that does feel somehow different than uh, reading a novel. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's right. It's it's e- even great nonfiction, and there's so much good nonfiction out sure. there. And I and I, I'm a I, again, I probably. It, it, I'm not 50 50. I'm probably 55 45 or maybe even 60 40 more nonfiction than okay. fiction. Um, so I, but, but nonfiction still can't compete with fiction into some, it, with, with this getting at the deeper truths. Like nonfiction can convey facts mm. and information. And when it's done well, it can do that extraordinarily well. But I feel like fiction has a better opportunity to convey truth so it's the difference between conveying facts and con- conveying truth and i feel huh. like fiction Why, gets at the what is truth. fiction doing that nonfiction's not doing uh fiction is again it's it's transporting you to so another you, person's okay. mind so, you, so it sounds another like person's right. frame of reference so you're saying the 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 action that fiction is doing the, the is transporting you is is generating empathy is yes. causing you to have a perception or have or see things through somebody's eyes and the mechanism they use to do that is is a is a fictional is a made-up scenario and it's yep. made up in part to to do that to force to force you into that point of view or to transmit that that experience yeah in a way that if you were faithful to the facts you wouldn't, you know, the facts are the facts. You know, some things are just random. They're not going to be as effective at transporting you uh, or generating that empathy. Yeah, and I think that's, um, I think this this notion of the difference between facts and truth is important. And and uh, I, I think that one of the things, ugh, I don't want to talk about him, but I'm going to do it. Okay, one of the things about Trump uh, is it, his supporters know that he's not telling facts. Right? They don't care. They don't care about the facts because doesn't they matter. think he's telling a larger truth. Right. And the fact that he's not doesn't matter. Well, you and I don't think he's telling a larger truth, but they think he's telling a larger truth. And they believe that larger truth. They know that, that there's fact checks out there. and there's doesn't like, matter. They don't care. And they know that he, and the, if you pin him down, they're like, oh, I think he goes overboard on Twitter and right. you know, whatnot. And I wish he didn't do that. But, but they believe the essential truth that he's, he's saying. 
um, that the system is corrupt and that there are, you know, someone's taking advantage of someone's you. taking advantage of you and that it's us versus them. And the them is the, you know, fill in the blank, fill in the blank, you know, Mexicans, people of color, urban, New York Times, New York Times, the Democrats, gays. the gays, uh, elites, you know, that they're taking advantage of you. Right. And it's anyone who's not like you, anyone that not like you. And that's so it doesn't matter if most of what he says is literally fiction yeah (laughs) like literally fiction yeah in the sense that there's it's not fact-based but it's truth-based to them so it's it feels right it feels right Hmm. and and so coming back away from trump this notion of fiction is can be so much more powerful than nonfiction because it is the the best medium i think we have i think we have now others can you know argue i'm not saying that objectively this isn't a fact this is my truth uh for getting at that larger sense of the human condition and what it means to be alive and what it means to uh to wrestle with the absurdity of being alive Hmm. i like that next topic